Welcome to the Austin Forum Upload, the podcast of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society. I'm Jay Boisseau, the Executive Director and Founder of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society. And today we're going to talk about gender representation in the tech sector. And I'm very pleased to have my friend and colleague, Emily Gupton of Austin Women in Technology with us here today. Emily, thanks for joining us. Hi, Jay. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here too. And I know we've had some scheduling challenges in making this happen, but it's a persistently important topic. So I'm glad that we could get you on for this recording today. And I look forward to it and, and getting it out to our listeners. Uh, but before we jump all the way into the, the deep end, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what Austin Women in Technology is? Sure thing, Jay. Um, so I am Chief Operations Officer of a technology product called Folio, and we service commercial real estate and adjacent service providers here in Austin. And um, Austin Women in Technology, so I'm Community Partnerships Director, been involved for a couple of years and uh, got involved when I moved into this role with Folio, uh, owning this technology product. And uh, my involvement with them changed my life. Um, our four core values are connect, grow, learn, and lead. And uh, we're all about community building, networking, helping women in the space and those who support women find their next career or help them throughout their career journey um, in tech. And that's pretty broad for us. Um, so I'm very passionate about that. And there are organizations like this all over the country. So whether you're in Austin or another city in the United States, you can certainly find something like Austin Women in Technology to help you out. Great. I love the work that you guys do. Uh, now we're going to dive into the actual problem, but I'm going to start with a softball question that's almost a devil's advocate question. Is there really a problem if the tech sector is booming, if we're seeing technology innovation occur at breakneck paces, we see tech becoming a more and more important part of our overall industry set of jobs. We see certain companies reaching trillion dollar valuations. I mean, one could argue the tech sector is very strong. So do we have a problem? We certainly do. Um, so the tech sector traditionally has been dominated by, by males, both in the education that's required to uh, move into the jobs and the jobs themselves. Um, and that goes across the board. And women make up about half of the population, but we're significantly underrepresented in technology. Um, and innovation draws on all of the best talent, right? So not just a subset of it. So how do you get that diversity representation in the workforce? Um, and also technology is moving so rapidly. There are so many things around innovation, AI, uh, things that are just going to rapidly change the future for us. And so how do you work to de-bias those technologies by bringing that diversity into your organization? Um, and also one more thing that that diversity gets worse, the further up the career ladder you go in terms of gender representation and also mm -hmm. people of color. So that's super important. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but Jay, you've got, um, a PhD in astronomy. You've worked in tech, um, in many different roles and facets. So do you also agree that there's an issue that this is particularly strong in, in tech? Yeah, I, I, I certainly do. I mean, you, you see it in tech companies, you see it, as you said, even more extreme in leadership positions in tech companies. You could argue that that will uh, normalize over time as people get a chance to move up through the ranks. If it's better at the base than at the top, then maybe that normalizes, but maybe it doesn't for various bias reasons. And regardless, there's an imbalance even at the base. And 
uh, you know, I really like the two things that you hit on. And it's what I try to tell my friends in tech, which is you want diversity for it. You know, in addition to the societal good, the fairness, the equity uh, reasons for it, you want it for your own company, because as you said, then you're drawing on all of the best available talent, not a subset. And it also, as you said, it helps you de-bias your own technologies, your own products, your own services. It makes sure they appeal to a global population and a, you know, a full demographic uh, population, not just a subset of that. So, um, but yeah, absolutely have seen it and glad to have you here to talk about it today. So I think everybody really sees it. I wanted to throw that softball question out um, so that we could discuss that even though tech seems to be booming, it could be doing even better if it drew on all of the potential talent. But let's talk about the reasons for that problem. Now, can you list some of the major reasons that we have this tremendous gender imbalance in tech companies, especially at leadership levels? Yeah, Jay. So there are many points along a person's path uh, where there is breakdown. So it starts with the education pipeline, and that starts early on all the way through if somebody goes to college and then hiring practices and getting people into jobs, equal pay, employee retention, and then moving up the career ladder through leadership, all of those different facets have broken points um, for, for women and people of color. Um, so let's start with education. So STEM degrees and hard science degrees have been dominated traditionally by men. Um, some women are told at a young age, being a doctor, being a mathematician, being a scientist, uh, that's too hard, right? And so that really changes the way that somebody thinks about themselves and their trajectory. And they may not pursue those degrees, even though they're very skilled in those areas. So we've got to change that narrative early on um, in somebody's life. And then getting uh, getting through college and those, those STEM degrees, how do we keep women going through those programs? In fact, uh, women earn 50% of the social sciences and science degrees but hold less of the jobs once they exit with those degrees. So that's that's super important to keep that um, moving forward. And then going into the workforce, right? So you've got hiring, applying for jobs, equal pay and retention. Um, men apply for jobs for which they are 60% qualified for, and a woman feels more comfortable at 90%. Uh, so how do we encourage those women to like apply for those positions? Right. And then, um, hiring an application pipeline processes are broken and biased. We've got to fix that. Um, and of course, pay equity is still, is still a problem. And Jay, I'd love to know if you'd like to, to elaborate on any of those points, um, before I jump into the leadership advancement and what you've seen in your experience. Yeah. I mean, it, it Everything you say resonates with what I've seen. I'm, I'm I'm no expert on the causes like like you and your organization, but certainly have have seen that there are filters at various steps in the educational pipeline along the way, um, from little girls being told that they're you know boys do math and science and whatnot to, uh, and that per permeates through the K through 12 system sometimes. So really, parents and teachers, and there are many great teachers out there, of course, that are overcoming this now. But you know, historically, parents and teachers. Uh, maybe didn't emphasize the career opportunities are just as you know good or that, that they're just as well deserved for for girls as for boys. Um, certainly in college, I, I see and saw when I long ago when I was in college, these discrepancies in participation and sort of the 
computing and engineering majors in particular, of which the stats say right now that whereas women are now about half of all STEM degrees, they're only about one in five of, of computer science and engineering degrees. So, and that those are the degrees most likely to go into tech. And that sort of jives with what I see in the tech sector. Um, I, actually, it's probably not even quite one in five in the technical roles. So um, it's probably less than that in many places. And then, as you said, in the leadership roles, it appears to be even less than that in the technical uh, leadership roles um, and at the technical conferences and, and such. So, yeah, yeah. It, it does appear to be a gradual winnowing of uh, roughly half of the potential brains into roughly one fifth to one tenth of the potential uh, talent. Yeah, I could definitely uh, speak from personal experience going to some industry conferences and being one or like three, three women in the room with, you know, 50, hundred, 150 men. So definitely seen that disparity, um, in my own path. Um, and, and moving into the leadership, which you touched on a little bit in all of my, my readings. And I do a lot of reading on this, that first, uh, rung on the ladder of career advancement is very broken for women. Um, only 87 women are promoted to manager for every hundred men at the same level. And that's generally speaking. And then you get down to 82 women promoted for every hundred men in the tech sector. And then if you fold in, um, I'm sorry, that was incorrect. 82 women of color are promoted for every hundred men in general business and then 52 women. So we're going from 87 general population, general business for every hundred men are promoted down to 52 in the tech sector. So that's an incredibly large jump um so yeah Man. leadership advancement we've got it we've got to fix that so we've got problems in the perceptions we instill in our children as students we've got problems and that creates perhaps their own self perceptions of what they're good at and what they're not and these years in which you have to make decisions and of course college it's you know if you don't make the right decisions in college for a certain degree you may not you may find it much harder to get into that path it's still possible in this era to get into a tech sector job from many different paths and so that's that's a good thing because tech is changing so fast it's possible to get back into that from skills development and training but but we're, we're seeing that winnowing in the k through 12 we see some of it at the at the selection of majors as they apply to universities in the universities themselves. And then you've really, you've made some really good points here about the, the job progression that uh, I'm glad people are studying this. Um, you know, what is the, what is the ratio of women being employed in these jobs of being promoted to first tier manager of being promoted to senior level management positions. And so we clearly have a lot of work to do there. So um, to do this work, tell our listeners why an employer should care and what should they do? How should they fix this? Yeah. So the moral, there's a, there's a moral case for this, right? There is a benefit to being in more diverse groups, avoiding the echo chamber, giving everybody equitable opportunity for roles and education. And so we've got to keep that top of mind, um, that diversity of human experience and bringing that to the table only sharpens you and your organization as a human um, and having that that space to do that. Uh, the, the business case, right? The most diverse companies are now more likely than ever to outperform less diverse peers on profitability. And uh, there's a lot of research that went into a huge McKinsey study um, a couple of years ago. They surveyed over a thousand companies in 15 countries regarding the business case for diversity and inclusion. 
and uh, the top quartile for the companies in the top quartile for gender diversity on executive teams were 25% more likely to have above average profitability compared to that, that lowest quartile. And gender diverse companies just continue to outperform the, the less gender diverse companies um, in terms of profitability. And so it's just, it's important to bring that diversity of thought, that diversity of background, roles, skills, all the things to the table to make your organization even better. Um, and then when you fold in, you know, cultural diversity beyond just gender diversity, it, it gets even greater in terms of what you bring to the table and the profitability of your company. So again, that, that moral imperative, equity for everybody, equal chance, and then the business case that that diversity of thought helps you be a better organization. I, I love that. I mean, it's really twofold, right? It's the right thing to do. And it yeah. turns out it's the right thing to do for your company as well. Um, is the situation changing or, or are you seeing progress? Are the numbers getting better, if not rapidly? Are they at least trending in good directions for um, jobs and, and roles for women in the tech sector? Slow, slow and steady um, up for from some Deloitte research up about two percentage points over the last four years for uh, closing that gap, right? Yes. So slow and steady progress, but still a lot of work to be done to to correct this, right? And so I think one of the things you asked me was how can, um, as an employer or a company or a manager, how can you help correct this issue? So there are a few high level things, right? So it starts with incorporating fair and equitable hiring practices. So removing gender or race, identifying things from initial screening. So you are gathering candidates based on their skill set and their experience and not what is their name or where are they from, right? You're using those fact-based mm -hmm. things compared to the job description. So that debiasing your interview scripts, debiasing the job descriptions, making sure that there's not overly masculine language, it's neutral. Um, and then also, how are your first-line managers interviewing? Like, do they understand how to come to the table with a fair and equitable mindset when they're screening candidates? Um, so that's that's a big piece of this and getting those people into the camp. Um, and then once you have these folks in your organization, you've got women in some great roles, you've got them in entry level roles, uh, providing equitable access to training and support for that, providing mentors and role models, and then a strong internal uh, process and procedure and structure that ensures that everyone has these equitable opportunities to uh, work on their promotions and moving up the career ladder, learning new skills, making sure that everybody has equal access to that. So those are the three big things to do as a manager and an, and an organization to help close this uh, gender diverse gap. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a few more questions here, yeah. Emily. There's um, cl clearly there's issues at various points in the pipeline, but you just gave some things that at the end of the pipeline, the employers can do to try to improve gender balance and diversity in the workplace. I want to ask you, since many of our listeners are in the tech sector and probably many of them are men, what can male professionals and colleagues do to help? I mean, to, to really help, not just say they're advocates, but to, to truly make a difference. Yeah, I think it starts with really being an ally and looking around the table and looking around your interactions within your organization, calling out disparities when you see them or calling out, hey, 
Emily over there, you're doing a great job. Like, let me shout out the work that you've done really help women shine through in what they're doing in your organization or on your team. If you are a leader, um, also considering what you can do to change that. If you look around and there's not fair representation, or you're not sure how to shout someone out, or you're not certain that your hiring processes are correct, take a minute and and look at how you can make those changes or run that up the ladder in your organization to say, hey, we've got an issue. We need to correct this. Uh, that could be something like finding or starting an ERG or helping women start an ERG organization, employee resource group organization, specifically around women, or finding something like Austin Women in Technology in your community. We have a lot of um, our sponsors, actually, that AWT, Austin Women in Technology, is their ERG. And so they their women join our organization to find that community, to find that networking, to find friends and allies in the space and talk about the issues that they may encounter at work. So that's a great option as well. Um, and then, you know, be a mentor. Be a mentor to somebody if they ask for help or offer your help, offer your knowledge to help that that woman in the space advance in her career and become, you know, move up the ladder. All right. Great advice for for men in the workplace to support increasing gender diversity and opportunity. Uh, what can women do to help improve things not only for themselves, but for other women in the tech sector? Yeah. So I am so passionate about this piece, Jay. Um, first and foremost, be an ally and an advocate of, of women in your space, right? I was recently speaking with someone, and this is just a quick example of, you know, how we can shift the narrative to, to support um, a woman that I was working with was trying to find women to be on this panel and speak um, on, a, on a technical topic. And all of the women that she went to in these labs. And I mean, hard science lab said, I don't feel comfortable doing that. My male counterparts probably better at talking about this, even though that woman was 100% qualified, skilled, had mm -hmm. all the things to bring to the table. And so, you know, push that forward and say, Hey, I really do think that you are the one that can take this opportunity to pull yourself forward in the community and show that you really do know and you are knowledgeable about this. So that's an example of like, let's support each other and pull each other up and be an ally of, of one another, right? Um, finding those organizations in the community like Austin Women in Technology and others to support women and find that allyship in, in the space. Um, and, you know, finding community partner organizations. Jay, you guys are awesome at allowing us to be community partners of your organization. You guys focus on such technical topics. You bring so much to the table for our member base. And um, I love that you support diversity and gender diversity in these workplaces and just in general. Um, it, that's also so important. And, you know, women can't do this alone. We need the support of, of everyone and the folks who are at power to help dismantle some of this like infrastructure that's just kind of happened over time and and how do we make that even better i appreciate the nice words about the austin forum there we definitely do try to uh promote diverse participation in our events uh speakers at our events and an advisory board and even our team that executes the events but I didn't, you mentioned something there that I have noticed along the way, try as we might to have a very diverse set of speakers over the course of a year, maybe not in any given month, but over the course of the year, try to make these things average out. It has been challenging. And I've seen a little bit of what you've said. Um, 
Some very talented uh, female experts have deferred to be on panels at times where I knew they were the right person to do it. And we always make sure we get, we only invite expert speakers. We don't invite people solely for the sake of, you know, representation. We divide, we, we invite experts because we're trying to increase everybody's understanding from experts, but there are diverse experts out there. So you, you can do both, but I did notice a little bit of what you're saying when we issue these invitations sometimes, sometimes there's some deferrals to senior male leaders and such. And I have to say, no, no, I want you, I want you to speak in this. You will appeal to our broad demographics in this and you are an expert. So um, yeah, it is sometimes you have to, uh, and this is true for people of all types. Sometimes you just have to appeal to their uh, confidence when they, when you know they have the expertise, be supportive, make sure they know that they're great and, and that, you know, they have something to share. 100%. I feel like public speaking is what the number one or number two fear for people. So, you know, got to push them, push them forward a little bit and say, you, you are the one and yes, instill that confidence. Cause yeah, we're all capable. Great. Well, Emily, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Uh, you know, thanks for all the work that you do in this area. Um, as a techie in the, you know, the majority demographic segment, I applaud your efforts and, and want a much more diverse tech community. Um, I, I recognize that uh, the, the more talent you draw on, the more innovation you'll get. And the more diverse perspective, the better those innovative capabilities will be for more people. So um, I hope you'll keep up this great work. I know you will. Let us know how the Austin Forum can help you in the future. And thank you for being here. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jay, for having me. I appreciate it. Bye now. Thanks for listening to the Austin Forum Upload. You can listen to additional episodes and check out a schedule of our monthly in-person events at austinforum.org. The Upload is a production of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society, a nonprofit organization here in Austin, Texas.